Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the show. This is the Millennial Millionaire Podcast, and I am your host, Stephen Cohen. This podcast is focused on bringing some of the wisest minds from across the globe to discuss concepts, strategies, and ideals that will lead them to be top performers in their respective industries and their lives. This show is for the millennials and millennials at heart to transcend their mindset, their health, and their income to the next level. We are so excited to have you on this journey with us. Welcome to the show. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the show, guys. Today, super excited to have a good buddy of mine. We have Mr. Dylan Vanoss. Dylan is a two-time eight-figure founder and business speaker that works with some of the world's largest personality and brands. He has shared the stage with business icons such as Gary V. Patrick Bet David, Ed Milet, and many other household names. With over a quarter million followers across social media and a writer for a major business publication, entrepreneur.com, he's been able to build relationships with some of the most world influential people, all while impacting millions of people worldwide. His two companies are Monopolize and Agency Box, and just super stoked to have you on the show, man. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Dude, that intro is so good. It's almost as if I wrote it. That's it, man. That's it. <laughs> Bro, you're hard got to track down. I think uh, this is rescheduled number three or four. So I'm just grateful to to have the space and, and uh, talk some shop with you, bro. Dude, I, I'm I'm sorry, but thank you for being like dope and being like, yeah, it's cool. It's all good. So. I'm a flexible guy, man. <laughs> Dylan, uh, share a little bit to the audience about what you do, what you're about, man. I mean, we've gotten to know each other, uh, you know, somewhat well over the last four or five years. We've met in a pretty interesting way, you know, five years ago, randomly at our old apartment complex. But to just see you and be able to follow you on social media and kind of see your rise has been really inspiring, man. Can you share a little bit about your story, your background and what you got going on? Yeah, dude. And uh, first of all, it's what's really cool is like, dude, we connected five years ago and and like our lives have I mean, dude, I don't want to speak for you, but like, dude, my life has changed a lot in five years. And I think, yeah, I mean, dude, we're both doing shit, shit five years ago, but like we're doing shit now, you know, at a different level. And so it's cool to be able to like share that growth and Dude, this I met. We both met, dude. I met tons of people over the last five years, and you know, there's maybe ten people that continue to grow and grow. And like, dude, you're one of them. Um, as far as like the Vegas community goes, so dude, huge props to you, man. You're, I mean, dude, I'm super inspired and and just love what you're doing. Checks in the mail, bro. Appreciate you. <laughs> uh, this podcast is sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, dude, so for me, it's just like, I built two companies. One of them is a marketing agency and it's like, I go out and I find a business owner that's like willing to pay me a certain amount of money each month. And I just go find people that want to buy their shit and I just connect them. And basically it's like, I get paid for just being a connector. That's all running a marketing agency is helping get more brand awareness. And then through that, I saw problems that existed in running an agency. It's like, well, why don't I just solve these problems for myself through software? And then if people want the software, they could just buy it from me. So I created a second company called Agency Box. Um, and yeah, Agency Box, we got about 5,000 people that have signed up to use our software over the last three years. And um, now, you know, really focused on continuing to build that company and hopefully in the future sell it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I feel like everyone talks about, you know, going online and digital marketing. And I think everyone knows social media and that whole realm, you know, is the future of, of business and will continue to evolve. Um, but I think you're one of the the people that I know that is actually doing it at a high level. I mean, coming and seeing your guys space and your operation, you know, and all the employees. And it feels like every person who I feel like is doing something big in that space in Vegas, you have some type of connection um, or influence with what 
advice, I guess, would you give to people that are looking to get into the social media space, get into the digital marketing space that maybe they could use because of the fear or whatever is holding them currently back from getting started? We're at this like this kind of point right now in in the digital world where people have a choice to either be someone who's creating content and has a personal brand or just be someone who just posts pictures for their family to see and their dogs and all that stuff. And it's like, the, it's almost like there's like the wealth divide in like in the hierarchy of the world. There's now we're, there's, we're creating this like social divide, almost like social media, like content creators. Cause dude, five years ago, con- there was like far fewer content creators and content creators were more so people who had large followings Dude, there's people nowadays that have 3,000 to 10,000 followers that are making content every single day. And, dude, they're content creators. Like, it doesn't matter if there's only 10,000 people watching them. So it's just like, you know, the thing is, like, just understanding that now is the the, the time. And people sometimes people say, like, uh, the best time to start was yesterday. The second best time to start is today. But when it comes to, like, social media and, like, the digital world, uh, there isn't going to be a today for that much longer that today won't exist in two or three years time, it's going to be so hard because you're going to be competing against all these people who've been doing it for years. So uh, lesson number one, or I guess point number one is to go ahead and actually just start and like get over that like fear. Like, dude, you were just telling me before we jumped on, like, I wish I started like eight months earlier when we had that conversation about it. Um, and then number two is like, like who are the people that have, so the fastest way to get anything you want in life is to find someone who's done it and convince them to show you how. So for me, it's like, dude, my best friends are like some of the top content creators. And why? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I've just developed relationships with them. I love, I love them. They're cool people to be around, but also I get to learn like, like you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Obviously we know that. So it's like, let me surround myself with some content creators and then like be able to learn how to make good content. And through that, I've learned, for example, one of my buddies, he spends like 45 minutes on the thumbnail of every video he posts. He's got like 2 million subscribers on YouTube. I mean, dude, 45 minutes on a thumbnail for someone who's seasoned and experienced, he's doing it himself. I know Mr. Beast spends, um, he spends, uh, I don't know the exact stat, but a heck of a lot of money and a lot of time to create every single thumbnail because he knows that's the most important thing. But had I not learned that through osmosis of being around these people, I would have never understood like how important the thumbnail is. Totally. Yeah, man, you're definitely connected with some guys that are, they're crushing it, you know, at their space, YouTube specifically, um, Instagram, social media. I guess, what would you say to the people like myself? You know, we had a conversation, you know, a year ago, two years ago, where I knew I should have got started in social media, but I was so focused on my business doing solar that I didn't want to shift focuses. And I was never really, it was never really a desire of me to, you know, go create YouTube videos and go share my personality and go make all these ad revenue and so on and so forth. So how can social media benefit someone where maybe it's not trying to be their main hustle and their main focus where they're going to make million millions of dollars, but could pay, potentially complement the business or industry they're already in. There's definitely this, this thought that like, I'm going to, I'm going to counter that. Cause your, your thing, what you're saying right now is like, like, I, I, you now believe in the power of social media and you would like other people to do it, but I don't necessarily think it's right for everyone. Like I do where I'm at right now. Uh, like 
content for me takes so little time in my business. I have systems and processes to get it done. So, you know, I've been pumping out two YouTube videos every single week. I put out a piece of content on, uh, on Instagram and TikTok and short form YouTube shorts, uh, every single day, at least one piece of content, some days too. I post on Twitter and LinkedIn, a text piece of content every single day, all in like all that, you know, that content is hundreds of pieces of content every single month. Not to mention, I also post on my business pages. So all that said, um, I've been creating systems where it's like, I didn't just, you know, wake up and it's like, Hey, let me just post everywhere every day. And, um, so now, you know, I have systems where I just sit down, I shoot the content, it gets sent off to my team. They edit it, they take care of it. Um, had I not been where I am right now with the content systems, I'd probably look at it knowing what I know now and be like, mm, maybe the, the, the ROI on, on the content isn't there. Cause I can just focus on the business and keep growing it and, and scaling it. Cause I mean, dude, you know, I, I have some pretty crazy goals with what we're working on and I'm really have to buck, buckle down to, in order to achieve them. Um, so depends on your focus. Um, but here are some of the benefits that you get from content. You get to meet, be around like some dope people. Like there's this kind of thing in the world now where it's like successful people want to be content creators and content creators want to be these successful people. Totally. And so like, it's like, dude, it's like, well, fuck it. Why don't you just be both? Like I have a real business and I can just make content so I can kind of like hit both those buckets. Um, and when I go to an event, you know, I, people do say now like, dude, I was at, I was at a door to door con where we were both at this past weekend Dude, some kid working a booth is like, you're Dylan, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, dude, I've been following you for like a year and a half. It's like, I mean, dude, it's, it's cool, right? It's like, and now it's like, um, you get to meet cool people. You get to be recognized. But more importantly, generate revenue. So here's like the the line in the sand. Should you do content? Should you not do content? Um, I believe the future of business is content. Or the present time, like this year, 2023, is content-led businesses. Like, Businesses, you look at Walmart and like Target, like these are companies that took a decade to really get on social media, but now they're using it with like, they're using it heavy. Like, dude, they're making, they have people making content, they're cracking jokes, they're in the comments responding to people. It's amazing to see. And so all businesses should be making content if it can have a direct ROI in some capacity in their business. So line in the sand is like, can you generate revenue from it? If you're like a B2B IT company, I don't know, maybe not for you. But if you're, you know, anything that's B2C or you're, you know, you can work with companies that's not like some crazy, like super long sales cycle, it's probably a good idea to start making content. Totally. When it comes down to the content that people should be making that is best suited for their individual business, I've heard all the time you you don't, you know, Gary Vee talks about you want to document, not create. Do you agree with that concept? And if not, should people people be on TikTok? Should they be on Instagram? Should they be on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube? Obviously, some people agree with, hey, you should be on all platforms. Other people believe that you should be focused on one niche or, or one platform and you know niche down first and then expand. When it comes to content, what's your belief that people should be doing to best effectively uh, monetize their industry? You should do a little bit of both, right? Like document and create. The thing is like we're in a room right now and it's like this could be a room and like someone's like, you know, someone's like like $1,200 a month like apartment like in the hood. Yeah. And, you know, they don't like we're in a really nice house right now, but like like anyone can make this. And so it's like this is like doesn't really 
it's not as real to people as if you're showing the process. Like, dude, you going out and showing like, Hey, like, let me show my team. Let me show what I'm doing. Let me like go out and like, like actually showcase the, the real stuff that's happening. That for people is like, like, Oh, this is actually real. This guy's just not a Fagazi. He's not mm-hmm. making this up. Um, so for me, I believe both. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm finding this, like for me, it's like, I don't film a ton of stuff. I just starting like to film stuff in my office, but like, Dude, I, I should be like every team meeting should be filmed every like, you know, everything, I'm, everything, every time I'm like walking through the office and working with my team, I should be filmed. Not just me sitting in front of my camera with my backdrop speaking facts. So I think like if you have something that's real, uh, <laughs> like, you know, a real business, show it. And if you're someone who maybe you do live in a, you know, and you know, you do live in an apartment, you're just going to carve out a little corner in the room, like just do it. Like that's fine too. But whatever you can get done, the key is with consistency, just do it. Because don't start something that you're going to, like, fail. Or you, don't start something that you can't realistically do continuously for a long period of time. Yeah. No, I would agree with you, man. The reason it took me two years after, you know, everyone was telling me to start a podcast because I made those excuses. I made those limiting beliefs. Oh, I don't have the space for it. Or when I get a bigger house, I'll do it. Or when I get a bigger team and I kept pushing it you know, down the line. And I think you'd agree anything you do in life, whether it's a podcast, social media, create a business, you just need to start. You just need to decide that you're going to start today. You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And then eventually you start to add on different layers and you start to increase in volume in the things that you're doing. Why do you think most people that would benefit from social media or creating content or the whole digital space don't stretch themselves and start to explore that avenue for them businesses and themselves dude people are scared (laughs) people are scared to take action um one of the things in like in running my agency is that i've realized is i get people to pay me for encouraging them encouraging them to take a step and take a risk on themselves and i think the thing is like i can i can all day long sell someone on like, here's like what we're offering. We have amazing offers, all that stuff. But if I can help someone take that step, it's like, I've always wanted to make content. If I can just push them forward a little bit, it's like, all right, let's go ahead and do it. Not only do they pay me more, but they also love me more because now I've been the biggest champion in their journey. Mm. And so it's like, I think the, just from experience, it's, it's, it's fear. But if you can just get over that, like from dude, for me, (laughs) it was like, like, the cute girl from high school that I had a crush on, like that still follows me. Like, uh, what's she going to think about me? What's she going to think about me? Yeah. And it's like, uh, you, you, I mean, guess what? You can go in and remove followers if you really care about that. But it's like, just speak what is, is true to you. Speak your truth. And then like, say it out there and dude, no one cares. If you look at my, if you look at my analytics right now, uh, like 95% of people that see my stuff don't even follow me. They don't even know who I am. So it's like, why do I care what my followers have to say? Like, let me, we're creating content for the people who don't know us and hoping that we can capture some of them and bring them to know us. Mm, that's well said, man. I, I would agree. You know, I've wanted to do the whole public speaking and create content. And, and which, by and, the way, you're really good at, dude. I've seen you speak, like, I've seen you, seen you speak multiple times now. And, like, you, you always, like, in the room, you're always, like, the guy that blew everyone away. 
I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much. But that that's a passion of mine. And I realized that in order for me to eventually be the Ed Milet to the world and, you know, the Tony Robbins and be able to speak on stages of tens of thousands of people, obviously you have to actually create something in your real life that's worth talking about. You know, there's too many fake gurus out there that, you know, just talk about Fugazi as to your point that haven't actually created something in their life. So step one is, you know, make your offline life cool. But step two is you could be the best. You could make a bazillion dollars. And, but like you said, super wealthy people want to be influencers and influencers want to be super wealthy. So you have to have that second step of the occasion in terms of creating brand and being able to um, expand your reach in order for at least myself to get to that level. Now, I feel like the challenge though is, is at least this was for me and maybe you can agree with some of your clients is I wasn't willing for a really long time to give up my old life or my real life, what I, you know, exchange with, with high school friends, like you were talking about, or my family, or, you know, the people that I associate in real life, I didn't want to essentially give up my social media presence for my old life in order to create this new life of an influencer, a speaker, you know, a, a success coach, etc. Do you feel like that's a big challenge when coaching people that are starting from, you know, maybe zero to creating a personal brand? Or is that just something that you have to get over in order to take that to the next level? So, dude, when I was first starting to post, con like actually post content, I was, uh, I was, I, I was gonna about to make a new, like, new, like stage name. <laughs> I was going to be like, like Dylan King or something like that. I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. And I was like going to run with that. And then, dude, I, like, literally thought to myself, I was like, the reason I'm running away to this whatever else is the exact reason I shouldn't. Mm. And so I was like, let me face this shit, overcome this obstacle. Otherwise, it'll just change. Like, anytime we run away from something, like, that is going to continue to haunt us, either in another form or another way, or that same thing will come back and haunt us. So either overcome it now or allow it to grow into a bigger thing and have it have it come back to you later. It's like now it's like, cool. So, uh, people that didn't care about the content I post now and followed me, <laughs> I'm pretty sure my, my mom unfollowed me. Nice. She's like, Thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah. And she told me, she's like, well, if you just like posted more like personal stuff, I'd probably follow you. And so, uh, whatever <laughs> she, she follows me again now, but it's the thing is like, let them unfollow you. Like, let them go away. It's just, it, we're changing in life. We go through these iterations of ourselves and it's like, like a like a like a snake right coming out of its snake skin and going into the new version of itself like that has to old stuff has to be peeled back in order for us to elevate and in order yeah so just fa i gotta you gotta face that those obstacles and then push through and that's that's like how you become the next level of yourself yeah it's almost like a shift in identity you know you have to give up the old Dylan or the old Steven with your friends and your colleagues and your college buddies used to look at you at and step into this new identity where you want the rest of the world to view you as because, you know, as we all know, at the end of the day, right, the world views you as you view yourself. And if you're able to shift your self image by shifting your, you know, your actions and the way you think about yourself and the content information um, and message that you put out to the marketplace, um, then essentially it's going to shift the way that you view yourself in terms of now, now, now just one thing to add on that it's like sure. i actually have what i believe to be the easiest way to to change your entire life and so um the easiest way to change your entire life is to move 
to a physical, like a different physical location. Mm. Because when we're in a location, we're surrounded by the same people. We're surrounded by the people who care about us, but they think about us. They call us in, in their time of need and they see us as who we were. Mm. If you want to, if I, for me, the biggest leap I had in my life was when I moved here to Vegas because you can be whoever you literally can be whoever you want to be. I could pretend to be someone else and like, yeah, that's pretending, but you can act as though you are. And then you become, it's like, if you go to the places where wealthy people are at, you do the actions wealthy people do. We'll talk about habits maybe today a little bit, but if we go, if we do those things, eventually you're going to have to just like start to have some of that stuff in your life. So for me, it's like, let me move away from my friends. Let me move away from my, my mom and my dad and my sister who, when they see me, they see, Oh, that's Dylan. Like, the, the, our little youngest Dylan. kid, little Dylan. Yeah. And like, you know, like always oh, Dylan's always cracking jokes and being a goofball. It's like, and they, they remind, they keep telling me who I was. I don't care about who I was. I care about where I'm going. And so let me get away from them. And I love them. Like I still talk to them like, you know, a couple times a week, but like I'm moving to someone else. I got higher shit to do. Like, 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 let me, let me go do this, man. I couldn't agree more. I would say hands down in my last decade of my entrepreneurial journey, the biggest shift that I've ever had in my life was having to move away from my hometown in Las Vegas and going on this, I feel like spiritual financial um, journey of myself for two and a half years into, you know, the unknown. And, you know, to your point, you have to be willing to give up your old life to create your new life. And, you know, Ed Milet talks about identity a lot. I agree with you, man. I think the easiest way to shift your identity and the way that you view yourself um, and the easiest way to uproot your old habits and your old paradigms is to physically move locations because you're forced to adapt or die. You're forced to acclimate to the environment. And now you're starting to absorb other information and other energy from the people around you. And hopefully it's a good, you know, motivating, inspiring environment. But uh, man, I couldn't agree with you more. Don't have a question for you. Do you think it's possible for those listening that maybe it's just not ideal for them to move out of state? Is it possible for them to have that similar shift um, in their habits, their life while staying in the same physical location or at least the same physical, you know, state? Yeah, the way you do that is you just be busy. So like someone says, hey, like, Stephen, what are you doing tonight? And they're they're the old, you know, they're the old version of you, right? I. Uh, then just be busy. Like, sorry, I can't come tonight. Um, I got, you know, we, we do, even in my life now, I have amazing people in my life, but like I made a commitment this year. Like I'm going to bed at a certain time, mm. waking up at a certain time. And it's like, I, I love you guys. Like you guys are still, you know, b- badass baller people to me. But like this new version of Dylan, like I even told you, dude, I'm like, I'm dressing different. Like this new version of Dylan, this Dylan, 3.0, 4.0, whatever freaking version I'm on now, uh, is doing these certain habits. And so for that reason, for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> no, but just just be busy, right? Like that that's the thing. And so and even if you're not, even if you're, uh, you know, you're not busy, just like, just tell people you can't come. Because the moment you make the decision to, to go to those places where the people in your old version of you are, you're just reminding yourself, telling your brain, telling your system that you are that same person and you're never going to break free. Yeah, man, I agree. And I love what you said, going to bed at the same time and waking up in the same time. That's actually a big adjustment that I made this year as well. Just having that consistency in the morning and nightly routine. 
I feel like you can, you know, go on social media, TikTok, Instagram, and see a bazillion videos of morning and nightly routine and absorb it and listen to it. But are you actually doing it? Are you actually implementing it? For me, I wasn't. I wasn't practicing what I preached. So I started to set myself up to win. I bought an alarm clock instead of using my phone because for me, I want to set myself up to win. And I know that if I'm using my phone as an alarm clock, I don't have enough willpower not to look at my social media or not to look at, um, you know, my text messages, the first thing I'm waking up in the morning and messing with my psyche if my phone is right next to me. So it's just making those little adjustments, you know, having a little timer, my alarm clock allows me me to set a little decompression mode. So 15 minutes before I go to bed, I'm not going to bed by any, you know, digital screens and I'm allowing myself to decompress. What other rituals or habits do you feel like you've been able to, um, you know, make happen this year that maybe in the past, um, you've had challenges actually being consistent with them? So dude, I know the three things I have to do in my life to be a top performer. And I know that when I do those things, I'm fucking crushing it. When I don't do those things, my life is is slipping. Uh, number one, plan, t- plan tomorrow today. Mm. So uh, tonight, I'm going to sit down and write out what I'm doing tomorrow. That's it. Um, why? I'm brain dumping. It gets rid of all like the little things that linger in your mind before bed onto paper. And it allows my subconscious mind to work on these things without me even having to think about it. That number one. Uh, number two, uh, exercise before, like, first thing in the morning, in the day, in the daytime. I do meditate before I exercise, but the that's the that's the uh, part two, and then uh, part three is nutrition. It's like if I'm eating crap food, um, I'm gonna feel lousy, and then I'm gonna it's the cycle. Then you eat more crap food because you feel lousy, and then it's just you never get out of it. So for me, I meal prep, and uh, and that's how I stay and make sure I eat decent food, like, you know, clean food. And so, yeah, I mean, dude, last year my health took, like, dude, I went, like, like uh, to the worst level of my health ever. And I'm coming back, now I'm coming out of that. But that was just from choices. And I think, like, allowing external stress, external shit in business, whatever, to, like, have an internal effect on me. And so those three things for me. And so what do I do now? Uh, dude, I'm going to bed, like, like right around 10. Um, and... Dude, put your fucking phone in a different room. Like, the simplest thing, you know, for whoever's listening right now, like, like I guarantee, do this for a month, your life will change. Just charge your fucking phone in the bathroom or in downstairs or whatever is, you have to get up out of bed and walk to a different part of your house to grab it. And then use an alarm clock, like you said. Like, you can buy them for 15 bucks, 10 bucks on Amazon. Walmart has them, whatever. And so, do that, but... Like, get up out of bed. When the alarm goes off, uh, snooze, like, like whatever, turn it off. Grab your, f- grab your phone if you have to, but don't look at it. And so for me, dude, I try not to look at my phone until after I finish working out. And so for, for that reason, after I come back from the gym, then I can look at my phone. But dude, did you ever check your phone? It's like before, I don't know about you, but I work out in the morning. And so it's like I check my phones, like some shit happens in business. And now, like my whole fucking workout, I'm just thinking about it. Totally. And you don't really get a good workout. So, uh, yeah, those simple things. Yeah. So, P, 
people are listening to this right now and they're like, I know that Dylan, I saw that on TikTok. I saw that on Instagram. <laughs> TikTok's the new education platform. It's it, funny. It really is. But you're not actually doing it. You know, you could, you know, you're listening to someone who, you know, runs two eight figure companies telling you three things that will literally change your life. And the reason I can back that up is because I do those three things. And if I, when I do them consistently, they make such an impact on my life. But most people are going to listen to that. They're going to be like, that's a good idea. And they're not going to do it. Why do you think most people out there, I believe, know how to be healthy. Uh, they know how to, you know, win at business. They know how to have a fulfilled spiritual life, really good relationships. Yet they don't do it. It's not a lack of information. It's a lack of application. What do you think separates the people from the people that see good information or they see something, they apply it, be consistent with it, turn into a habit and eventually into a life versus the people that get excited and aren't able to be consistent with applying that principle? <laughs> dude, I love it. You're fucking dropping bombs over here, dude. Thank you. <laughs> um, I should have that Bradley bomb thing, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah there you go. maybe episode 30. <laughs> Uh, dude, it's, it's, it's habits. Right. And so it's like, like, okay. So there, there's a few elements of it, right? So speed to implementation is a major thing in life and business. Like you hear something, how quickly are you going to apply it? Dude, I went to a conference, uh, or like an event two like two weeks ago, uh, two weekends, two weekends ago. <laughs> and dude, I, uh, I brain sucked everyone in there. That was a killer that was doing more revenue than me. I just like, what's the little secret they have? I like sucked all the knowledge they had. I wrote it down into a text and, and like either sent it to the person literally right then who would implement that on my team or put it in my notepad to implement. Dude, I, I probably implemented 10 things before, like the conference ended on a Saturday uh, evening. I probably implemented 10 things by Monday afternoon. Mm. And so it's like, uh, like my business is going to continue to grow and, and scale because I get something, a strategy, I learn a strategy, and then I I implement it right away. And then what happens now, I'm getting wins from this, and it's like, it just becomes this whole, like, machine of itself. It's like a, like a snowman. You pack a little snowball, and you roll it, and you roll it around. You probably don't know, because we don't get snow in Vegas. You probably don't even know what a snowman is. Never (laughs) in Canada. (laughs) But you roll it, and eventually it gets bigger, and it's the same idea. It's like, let's take one habit, maybe putting your phone in a different room. And roll it and, you know, add it to another habit. But here's where people fail. They set these, these BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. And they're like, let me like do all these crazy things. And then uh, they fail. And then now they're disappointed in themselves. And so it's like, for me, it's like set some simple goal that you know you can accomplish and actually achieve and get done. And then like, you'll feel confident about yourself. You'll add another one and another one and another one and so on. Little wins. Yeah, little wins. And then... The only other thing to add to that on habits is uh, is what's your purpose and mission? Like, like why are you waking up today? Because, yeah, you once you have habits, it's really hard to lose habits. But in the initial process of like when you're building a habit, shit's hard. Like the first three, you know, three weeks, three four weeks of working out is hard. First three four weeks of doing anything is hard. So what's the purpose when things shit gets hard that you're going to persevere and stick through and actually like push through and do it? Totally, man. You have to have that clear desire for what you want. You know, things get challenging. You know, we've talked 
off camera a little bit about the adversity that you faced um, in your business. And if you don't know exactly why you're doing it and have a crystal clear vision of something bigger than yourself, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter what the timing is or, you know, the people that you have around you. If you're not stronger than the obstacle or the challenge or the adversity, if your why, you know, can't make you cry a little cliche, then eventually you're never going to be able to, you know, fly past um, those objections. If your why can't make you cry, then you're not going to fly. <laughs> That's it, man. <laughs> Dylan, how do you face objections, man? How do you, how do you deal with adversity? Because, you know, seeing your growth and your trajectory, you know, being at your office, dealing with all your employees and, you know, it's not an easy business, what you're running, multi, you know, let alone two businesses. What is your perspective when it comes to adversity, dealing with challenges and the way that you overcome it? Dude, I don't have any other option. Dude, I, I had two people quit yesterday. Two of my employees quit, like like critical people, and uh, and up until like you know like like seven months ago, I was kind of like no one's no one on my team has ever quit. It was kind of this like bragging thing, and then it's like then like dude like running a business, you get enough people. I'm like implementing. I'm not going easy on people anymore. Like we have fucking procedures and SOPs that if you don't follow, you're getting getting a little whip on the back, um, metaphorically. <laughs> speaking of course so dude yeah it's just like uh i don't have a choice like shit's hard but end of the day like i chose this path i can go get a sales job i can go dude come work for you and like go dock knock doors i can dude i can go do something that is uh you know is easier or like whatever and make probably a phenomenal income doing it but i chose this path and so for me it's like Dude, I can't make excuses. I can't complain. I can't bitch. I can't go home to my girl at night and say, say like, here's the problems I faced and pout about it. Because I chose this shit like seven years ago. I'm like, I want to be an entrepreneur. So, dude, like, I don't have, there's not a victim, uh, an ounce of victim mentality in me at all. I hate victim mentality. I think it's the, I think it's one of the biggest reasons we have failure in this country. Anytime people use something outside of them to justify why they aren't where they want to be, it takes away your, your creative control and ability to create. For me, dude, I'm a creator. I take accountability for every single thing in my life, no matter what it is. And so I know that, like, I don't have a choice. <laughs> so, dude, yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, thinking real rich, they talk about burning your ships. Like, dude, I burnt my ships a long time ago. <laughs> That's powerful, man. Where does that philosophy come from? Because there's a lot of people, again, listening, watching this, who are just fed up with their job. They're fed up, you know, with their situation. They're not happy with how much money they're making. They're not happy with their relationship. They're not happy with their health. But until they take action or until that pain of change outweighs the pain of staying the same, then nothing's going to ever change. But a lot of people don't realize is you have to adopt a different philosophy you know, it's, it's easy for them to listen to you and talk about, don't be victim, you know, don't give away your power, but then they get into a bad, you know, argument with their wife or, you know, they run into a business challenge and then their conditioning automatically goes into victim, victim, victim. Was there a point of your life where you feel like that shifted or was it just a congruent, consistent, um, amount of personal development events, conferences, and books that eventually broke that old paradigm? Yeah, dude, the, the, the instant is really cr clear. I know the exact place and moment in time I was when this happened to me and when I sh it shifted everything. And I can, I'll, I'll explain it and maybe it'll give someone some insight on how they could do the same thing. Um, but the, the, the core thing is, it's like, like, uh, like, dude, you were talking about Ed Millett earlier. Um, I was at his house like maybe two and a half months ago in, uh, in Palm Springs and looks insane. 
Dude, it's, yeah, it's crazy. That's his, one of his vacation houses yeah. too, which is mind blowing. All cash. <laughs> Dude. And it's, uh, uh, he did a book launch. And so he was talking, uh, his newest book, the power of, uh, one more, which the idea is, is like, shit's going to happen. And like when you're on that last rep and you don't feel like you can do any more or you're, uh, you know, you're doing something and you feel like giving up, just do take one more step and like the success is right there. I'll do it. I'll tell you a quick story. I wasn't going to share this cause it, it's like, it doesn't matter. But, uh, last night I was leaving my office at like eight thirty PM and this guy, like, he's like, Hey sir, like, can you help me? I'm like, okay, like what's up? And he's got a DoorDash bag. He's like, this is my first time doing DoorDash. I got laid off at like, uh, Bali's, uh, what, I, he got laid off at his job. Like, like he's like two months ago, haven't worked, whatever. And, uh, I'm just doing this as my first night. I'm like, okay, like show me. So I like to look at the app and I kind of help him figure out like where he's going, all that stuff. We walk out and, uh, I was just like, he's like stuff like this, like this, he's like, this makes me like want to go home and like not do it anymore, whatever. And, uh, so he like walked off to, he had to go pick something up, but I was like, this is your car. He's like, yeah, I like, I took out all the cash I had in my wallet and I uh, just put it under the, uh, under the uh, windshield wiper and just put it there and just drove off. And, uh, I do it. I think like, like end of the day, it's like, I wanted to give him something to like, like push through and stick with it and feel that when like, you know, you're at a wall and you feel like giving up, like just keep going and you know, good stuff happens. So, um, it's powerful, yeah. man. Yeah. So dude, uh, the, the instant that changed my life and the way I think, um, I was 16, I went to this leadership camp called leap, uh, in California. And, uh, basically my parents sent me there to like, hopefully you learn something and, uh, and dude, it blew my mind. Cause my dad's a dentist, his dad was a dentist. So naturally I thought I was supposed to be a dentist. Well, I'm very far from that. You got good teeth. <laughs> Dude, I'm, a, I'm, I didn't drop out of college once. I dropped out twice cause <laughs> the first time didn't piss my dad off enough. So I figured <laughs> I'd like go back and do it again. And, um, and, but I went to this, this camp and I met this guy and, uh, I was like, what do you do for work? And he's like, I'm an entrepreneur. And I was like, I had heard that term growing up and it always intrigued me, but I never like my parents never talked about it. It wasn't a true career path, but this guy's telling me that's what he does. And it just opened my mind up. I was like, dude, it, it shook my world. Maybe the stuff my parents told me all my life isn't true. Maybe there's alternatives out there. Like, and it just made me challenge, start challenging, like, like thinking and questioning everything. Like you tell me something, I'm not accepting that. I don't care who you are. I'm going to sit here and drill. You tell me that a, a vaccine is safe. Dude, I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and ask you questions to learn, true. is it truly, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to make my own decisions on everything because I don't I don't accept any, what anything tells me because my dad told me that I, you know, being a dentist was the best thing. And he brainwashed me until he told me, dude, he told me, not, not directly, through someone else. He said, uh, they told me, hey, your dad always comes in to work and brags about you. And he actually said once that in my next life I want to be you. Cause I didn't follow the status quo and like, I didn't do what my dad told me to do. I did what my heart told me to do. Mm. And, um, so I think that like, you know, what, what's the path for these people listening? Like when shit gets hard, like, what is it? It's like, what, you know, what do you really want to do? Like, I'm not, I'm not saying quit your job and go start a business overnight. We do need stability. Like I'm, I'm all about like, keep your job, keep working until your side hustle income replaces your, your main hustle. But like, what do you really want to do? We all know how to be healthy. We know how to all this stuff. We also know what we want. Deep down inside of us, we know what we want. But why don't people do it? I don't know. So I think more people should pursue what they want. 
Yeah, man, I would agree. I, I think it comes down to, like you said, challenging and, and bringing awareness that the system isn't what everyone made it out to be, you know, that getting a really good job and working up the corporate America ladder, working 40 hours a week for 40 years of your life to hopefully retire on one fourth of your income, go to Hawaii once or twice with your wife and die. Like that is not <laughs> uh, life, but that's what the system teaches you. I had a similar experience, you know, when I got exposed to network marketing when I was 21, 22, it completely shook my world because everything that I thought what about were you success, Viva. <laughs> the YPR, the OG energy drink. Um, but every everything that everyone told me about success and money and school, I quickly found out with real life evidence with a 23-year-old sitting next to me making $20,000 a month from his smartphone that all that was a lie. <laughs> and what happened was I had to start to rebuild my belief system around something that was actually congruent to my life. Now, Dylan, you're, you know, you're a successful dude, man. You're running, uh, you know, a digital company, but you have employees, you have, you know, hard costs, you have overhead. What made that shift for you where you went from just entrepreneur wanting to be, you know, something out of life to actually starting to construct a legitimate business and scaling it from one, three, five, seven employees to where you are now? Uh, dude, well, you, you, t you mentioned M uh, network marketing, MLMs, and uh, uh, I, I never did that, but I just wanted to say, like, dude, I think uh, I used to hate on them a little bit because of, like, the stigma until I started to hear, like, the success stories. Dude, Ed Millett, like, he came from WFG. I got a homie that, dude, him and I, we started our businesses at the same time when we were, like, 19. We went to the gym together at 5 a.m. every day and, like, whatever, and talk about our business ideas. He started WFG back then. He dude, he's he, and now you know we're whatever seven seven eight years later. He's making a million bucks a year over now over a million bucks a year doing it. So yeah, it's possible. Like if you really grind. But the other thing is like, dude, the amount of stuff you learn. Like for a lot of people, that's the catalyst, and like that's the the thing that that, that changes their life from uh, from knowing this more out there. So I think like you know like I don't really I think it's a good opportunity to learn and grow. Um, we'll drop the link after the show. <laughs> uh, we, let's start one. Well, the, the solar, the solar, uh, yeah, the solar pyramid, solar agency. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, dude. So for me, it was like, okay, uh, I have a, I have, I have something, an idea, right? So here's, here's the progression from idea to, you know, making, you know, uh, $20 million in revenues in the, over the last few, four years. Um, started, started the business. And, uh, and started to go out and just like sell and like, dude, I didn't start an LLC. I didn't do anything. Like I literally was like, like, fuck all that shit. That shit can happen later. Let me make some money right now. And so then I went out and sold my first client. Uh, I found them on up, like on Upwork. Uh, and she paid me like three grand to build her some funnels and websites. I had no, had no idea how to do it. So for the next like, you know, three days, I just stayed up all night watching YouTube videos on how to do it. Did it myself. All right, cool. Boom, boom. Uh, one deal done. Then I landed a client on a monthly retainer, and they were paying me every month. And it's like, all right, now I got cash flow coming in. And for everything, I would just someone would ask something, and I wouldn't sit here and say, okay, is it possible? How do I do it? Like, like yes, I can do it. Say yes, and then figure it out. Because like when you're starting a business, you don't have the luxury of saying no. You don't have the luxury of of being uh, picky with your clients, like take what you can get or especially early on and prove the concept works. And then you can be a little more picky down the road. 
so dude, that was that. And then, uh, and then I, for stuff I couldn't do myself as I started to grow, I tried hiring employees, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, it's hard. So, so, here, so make some money. And then I hired a freelancer. Uh, reason why a freelancer is the best thing to do is it's low risk. You can lay them off without having to lay them off. You just stop giving them new work, nothing off your back, super low risk. As soon as it, as soon as it made more sense for me to hire someone full time than having this freelancer, that's when I hired the f- person full time. Because now, let's say this freelancer cost me, uh, you know, five hundred bucks per project. I'm sending them nine projects a month. That's forty five hundred bucks. Well, guess what? I can hire someone for thirty five hundred bucks. So I hired someone full time. Now it cost me less, and I'm making more money. Boom! Now that's my first employee, and then do the same shit. It just happened, you know. Okay, now it makes more sense to to hire someone instead of freelancers, and dude, eventually the the pyramid scheme was built. <laughs> you know, the corporation. I got over seventy five employees now. I've got, you know, I've got a org board with, uh, you know, multiple divisions of my company. We have admins for every division. We have we have a whole. It's a whole engine now. And if I stepped away tomorrow, it would it would probably run for a good amount of time. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it's been so cool. I mean, just seeing an idea go from a vision to implementation to materialization to scale to what it is right now. I mean, it just creates a certain type of belief and conviction in your ability to follow things through your trust in yourself and your ability to go out there and execute. What do you think the biggest thing you've learned so far from your experience of creating an eight figure company has been? multiple eight-figure companies dude uh i don't know the first thing that came to mind is just it's hard like like dude it's 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 hard man i'm telling you like the amount like i I, my dad said boys don't cry so i don't cry but the amount of times like that the emotion has been so like and i think we should cry by the way i think we should have emotions like i it was ingrained in me not to so it's like it doesn't really come out but dude like the amount of times over the last like four and a half years and dude i've been running companies since i was 19 like my first company was a seven figure company uh not in the first year but like dude i did a million dollars in a year and a half in sales uh and i had dude it was hard in that business too (laughs) and uh dude i had a pretty nice like childhood and upbringing but oh my god dude like sometimes i there's been times that cross my mind where i've been all right i just want to like go get a job like like is this worth it anymore and every time that's happened it's been just for like a, you know, a split second, right? Like, you know, 15 seconds. And then it's like, hell no. Like I'm, I'm moving forward. <laughs> but dude, oh man, it's hard. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. It's like, and, and yeah, you got to push through like, like nothing. Like there's people out there, dude, like you might, might look like it's easy for, you know, I see other people. Like, dude, everyone's going through shit. Like I, to build something, unless you're like just straight, like scamming people, like, dude, you're, uh, you know, if you're selling a real product, you're building a real company, you know, actually helping people like, dude, you're going to go through these challenges and it's not easy. So absolutely. That's not necessarily exactly the most positive thing, but dude, it's so, <laughs> do you, you agree? Like, dude, it's hard, man. Yeah, no, it, it's real, man. Have you, you been close to giving up ever? Um, I wouldn't say close to giving up, but that, that same thing of like, man, I'm just going to go get a job. Like, is this even worth it? Like I want, you know, my, my sanity back in, in certain seasons of my life. And it's funny that you say that because I think all successful people have that similar, um, experience, no matter what level you are. 
For example, back in the day when I was broke and all I wanted to do was make six figures, I thought if I made six figures... Back when you were like 12, probably. Yeah. yeah 19, <laughs> 20, 21. Um, I just thought if I made six figures, you know, my life would, you know, be forever changed. I'd be traveling the world. I'd be drinking, you know, Mai Tais and smoking a doobie in Maui and, and life would be good. And then I quickly realized after making more money and having a lot more experiences and then crossing certain, you know, benchmarks financially and, you know, certain dreams and goals that I've, I've accomplished over the last couple of years that it doesn't get any easier. And there's not like this silver, you know, there's, there's definitely a silver lining, but there's not like this end of the tunnel feeling where it's like you've, you've made it or you're done. And, you know, the quote is so real, new levels, new devils, you know, even today, you know, I, I do my best to focus on gratitude and appreciation. And, you know, when things get challenging and I get frustrated and things don't go right, I try and focus on where I was to, you know, step into that appreciation and gratitude, but even doing my best to prime my mind and, on that, you know, aspect, it still gets really hard. It still gets, you know, challenging, you know, uh, I remember hearing the quotes like more money, more problems. And when I first heard that, I was like, that's bullshit. It's broke, broke person said that. And there's a part of me that are like, I'd, I'd much rather be, you know, crying in a, in a Lambo and a PJ than, you know, crying in a 1200, you know, square foot apartment, but there's some truth to it, you know, with more, Money comes more responsibilities, more things to go wrong, more challenges, more things to overcome. But I think, you know, in hindsight, like that's the beauty, right? It's not necessarily the result that is the fulfilling part and the part that makes you a better person. It's the process. It's going through the challenges, going through the adversity, dealing with, you know, crazy stuff that you wouldn't ever expect in your businesses like you and me have both gone through and any successful person and overcoming it and coming out the other side because those notches, I feel like in your belt are what gives you the right to continue to level up and be able to support people and be able to mentor and guide people. Because if life was super easy and there is this, you know, just straight uh, shot to the top, then there'd be no cool experiences. Your adversity, uh, your character would never be tested. And, uh, you know, as much as some days I wish it would just all be easy in hindsight, um, as Jim Rohn says, right, you don't want it to be easy. You want to be better. And uh, I believe that 100%. Yeah, dude, that's, uh, you know, it's just crazy to think about the, 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 those notches you said, like in the belt, um, it, dude, I don't know about you, but every time something's gone wrong, I'm like, I'm not making that mistake again. It like, I now do everything differently. And every time some shit goes wrong, it's usually what honestly a mentor or someone else told me to do earlier that I didn't listen to. <laughs> and so then I correct it. And sometimes I, we got to learn, uh, learn by doing so, dude, let me ask you a question. If, if you, do you ski or snowboard or anything? Starting to ski. Okay, okay, perfect. So, uh, what's the process? Did you watch YouTube videos or did you, like, go, like, rent some skis and just try to go down the mountain? So, I actually haven't skied yet, but I snowboard twice, um, and now I'm wanting to pivot to ski. But, yeah, just buddies hit me up. Hey, we need to go snowboarding, yada, yada, yada. Went out there and just basically rolled down the mountain. And, and you learn by doing then, right? So it's like, dude, same. It's like, I don't, don't sit me in a class. I don't need to listen. Like throw on my snowboard on, I'm going to like mess up until like I figure it out. Yeah. And uh, that's the same thing with business. And so sometimes it's hard to take even like I've listened to a million podcasts. I've read a million books. Sometimes it's list, it's hard to listen to the advice I'm given until I make the mistake and know that I should have listened. You know, I agree, man. Dylan, you've, 
your clients you've worked with, you've obviously been to, you know, tons of masterminds, you have, you know, a really strong networks of, of high caliber people, you know, you coach and a lot of your clients are high caliber people that you're supporting in terms of their digital and social media aspect of their business. Do you feel like there's a common denominator within these high successful people, whether it's a trait, whether it's a mindset, whether it's a perspective that you feel like has contributed to their high level of success? Dude, you're asking, you're asking really good questions. I try. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, it's good. Uh, what's, the com- what's the common denominator of success? Dude, I think, um, I think people, like, there's, like, the cliche thing, right? It's, like, set habits. Like, all, like you know, like, like you can have a routine. You can Google, like, like, like the traits of successful people, and it'll say all that stuff. Um, but, uh, I... Dude, just for like in my world, the successful people I'm around is they're like they're they're just doing this the shit. Like if you can, uh, dude, there was this there was this stat I heard recently. It was like most people do like like twenty percent work and like or like they do like they work productively twenty percent of the time and do nothing eighty percent of the time. If you can just be productive like sixty percent of the time, you're forty percent more pro- productive than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it's like successful people, they're just like working a little bit more, I think, than non-successful people. Like my friends that, uh, like dude, people that have clients of mine that don't get results, like I'll just kind of like look at what they're doing and I'm like, okay, like this person, like dude, you probably see it with reps. Like the the rep that's like out there, like they don't have to be out there for 80 hours a week knocking doors to crush it. Like dude, if they're just out there like 45 hours a week, they're probably going to crush it and like putting in time. But the guy who's out there saying he's working 40 hours a week, but you know, he's like slacking off going slow. Like, you, you know, dude. So I think, dude, I think it's just, dude, they just do a little more than everyone else. I don't think it's, I don't think it's rocket science. Like, like, yeah, there's a system, right? If you, if you do in the wrong actions, if I'm knocking on, Doors in the hood. I'm probably not going to get many deals, but if I'm, I'm just trying to speak your language. But you're um, speaking it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, dude. You know, if you're in the right neighborhood, you're knocking on doors. You're not. You're walking quickly between doors. I, I've never done it. I have no idea. But you know, you, you ride your Segway between doors if you're, you know, and you, whatever. But but yeah, dude. Just just do the action and do do it consistently and like and don't do too much in like one week where you get burnt out and stop for three weeks. Like just do a little bit every day and eventually you'll be successful. No, I agree with you, man. It's just the little things, you know, I think everyone, I I know myself personally, I'll speak, you know, personally, I remember when I was, you know, in network marketing, just hungry, wanting to make things happen, broke, like banging my head against a wall, like trying to just take a to get a little bit of success, I always thought, man, there has to be something. There has to be something. Like they're saying something. There's this, you know, secret sauce. They're reading a certain book. They're watching this, you know, YouTube video that's creating all this success for them. Like there has to be something. And then after I finally broke through, I'm like, man, it was actually just doing all the things that I know I should be doing consistently. And over a long enough time horizon, it finally worked. And I think just people give up too fast Um, before they accomplish their goals or dreams because there's levels you know there's levels and a lot of it has to do with your internal dialogue and your self-image but the way that you level that up isn't just reading books and going to seminars and hanging out with successful people and hoping that you know they sneeze on you and you get a little (laughs) bit of their juice it's actually taking the action and producing massive activity so you go through the process 
to reinforce in your mind that, oh man, I'm doing the things that I should be doing. I'm doing what successful people are doing. I'm doing what the book and my mentor is telling me to do. And I think that is what starts to condition your mind to be like, oh, maybe I do believe that I'm worth X, Y, and Z. Um, I'll share a quick story. So when I was at Door to Door Con, uh, there's a, you know, I like to call him a friend now, but he's really a mentor. His name is uh, Edwin Aurora. Um, he runs Skyline Security, really successful um, alarm company. But um, first time meeting him in person, we talked on Instagram and the dude's crushing it, has two, you know, $10 million houses in Beverly Hills, like crushing it. Um, older guy, probably like 40, 50s. Hopefully I didn't get your age wrong, Edwin. Um, uh, an older guy. <laughs> Everyone that's 40 or 50 is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> an older guy. But I had the second, I had the second to talk to him and I said, Hey man, you know, obviously you've, you've walked the path that I'm trying to walk. Um, I think I'm doing okay, but obviously I have a long way to go. What do you think the biggest difference is that took you from making seven, seven figures to eight figures? Um, you know, and he said, he, he's also a friend of Ed Milet. So, you know, I speak that, that content and that language. And, uh, he said a big thing was one proximity, but I thought the, the reason that he said proximity was very interesting. We all know that proximity is power, but his reasoning was when you start getting around people making eight figures, or if you're making six figures, seven figures, or if you're broke, a six figure earner, right? It's all, you know, subjective based on where you're at. You start to realize that these people aren't really doing anything that much different than you. They're not that much better than you. They weren't given this, you know, magical, you know, golden touch. And what's happening is you're actually conditioning your mind to make yourself believe that those people aren't that much better than you. Therefore, your identity, that thermostat, that financial set point is raising, which will allow you to attract and start acting different based on that new, you know, financial set point. And I kind of already knew that, but the way you articulated it was like, that makes so much sense. I just need to continue to put focus on being around people, playing the game of life at a higher level than I am, because by doing that, by being in proximity, I'm starting to condition my subconscious mind to make me believe that they're no better than me. And when the pedestal goes away, you start operating at a higher level. Would you agree with that? Dude, I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think <clears throat> like, like, uh, the, the thing though, the question is like, has my circle, your circle, like have our circles gotten bigger and like, you know, wealthier people, more successful people just because like we're becoming that? Or is it because we set attention on that and like, you know, like, and like move towards that? Cause I think it's just kind of happened. It's like a, almost like as a byproduct of like climbing the ranks of like success that now it's like you're with more successful people. I don't, I don't know if it's like, I definitely did focus on that. Like, you know, Hey, I want to be around higher quality people, but I think it was kind of like simultaneous with my own growth. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think like, dude, if you're, if you're around like 10 millionaires and you're not a millionaire and you can s stay in that room for a couple of years, like you're going to become a millionaire. I can almost guarantee it. And, um, and yeah, so I love that. Dude, I saw this guy, um, he, uh, he runs a small company in the door to door space called Aptive. You may have heard of it. Yeah. It's pretty small. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I met him at door to door con and, uh, and, was just uh, talking to him about what we do and um, and you know he's interested in, in becoming a client but the, the the thing is is like the difference is dude we signed up people at the event right that came on and became a client and you know it's not a, it's not a small ticket product like you know we have things from 10 20 grand all the way to you know 60 70 grand that people were buying at the event um, that said the difference between like someone that was signing up and like him, 
was he's like, dude, like, it's awesome. Let's do it. But, like, I got to get my team to, like, approve it. So it's just crazy to see, like, dude, there is levels, right? Like, people can be operating at a high level and achieving stuff. Um, and uh, But the thing is, like, even the highest level people are in the, the room. Like, you just got to find them. And even guys that have, like, you know, multi-billion dollar companies and massive teams and can't even write a check themselves because they mess up a whole system that's been built for that, they're in the same room. So just, like, seek them out and find them. And also, like, social media is pretty amazing nowadays. You can just go and, like, literally just, like, look at, like, one or two people who, you know, have high authority and, like, see who they're following and then become familiar with the faces. Then when you go to the event, like, most people don't know the low-key people. Like, dude, most people don't, like, if we go to an event, like, we're not getting flooded with flooded with people coming to us. So like, you know, if people knew our faces, they can come up and make a relationship with us. And like, dude, now all of a sudden they have a millionaire in their network, you know? Totally, so. man. On that same topic, you've done a great job at the art of networking. Um, you know, we were talking before, you know, we came on live and again, like every networking event, I feel like that I'm at, you're at, a lot of people know you, um, a lot of, you know, successful people who I study on YouTube affiliate with you. And the crazy thing is you're not even from Vegas. How have you been able to develop that network and what tips would you give to people looking to increase their networking skill set? Dude, so first off, I love I love people. Like, I just love, like, I, dude, I, put me in a room with people. Like, I just love it. Like, I, I don't know about you. I think you're more like an introverted guy. Yeah, so, um, you know, I for me, I want to be around people. Um, that's, that's something. But, like, not everyone has that. So, like, here's the key that unlocks infinite relationships and will give you value uh, for the rest of your life is if you build relationships, give value, and expect nothing. And expect nothing ask for nothing like i have friends of mine that come to me and are like begging to work with me like not begging but they're, they're like hey let's work together and like i'm so reluctant because like i don't want anyone in my network to think like hey i'm you know i'm trying to like get the relationship like dude i'm prioritize the relationship over everything else and i'm not looking for like a quick win like i'm not trying to you know like get someone to buy my services or you know someone to shout me out like i don't care about that um, and so for me, dude, it's just like, it's like meet cool people, uh, build that relationship. Don't ask for anything, add value and expect nothing in return. Mm. How do you get in those rooms with those cool people? Uh, so starting out like access, I think, and, uh, like you can, you gotta, you can like buy access, you can buy access to events. If you don't have money, there's like, there's free events. Like, uh, I don't necessarily know kind of the idea is like you got to go outside your comfort zone and like go to an in-person event. And my goal at every in-person event I go to is to make two new friends and one new opportunity. And what happens? Well, if I go and I make two new friends and I go to an event like, you know, a month later, well, I know two people there comfort zone, right? I can, I can see them, but I'm going to make two more, two new, two more new friends and one new opportunity. Well, dude, you do that for a year, and it's, like, the same kind of circles of people. Like, fuck, you're friends with everyone in the room, and you got 12 opportunities out of it if it's an event every month. So uh, I think setting that intention going into it and not putting pressure on, like, hey, I got to close some deals from this, like, just going into the room. And then find, like, there's free events. Like, I'm literally ho hosting one in, in March in my office. Like, it's it's on Eventbrite. You can just go to it and, and come. It's, like, for a whole day, I'm literally going to sit there and do a, what would be ultimately like a 10 or $20,000 mastermind. You should ask me questions all day. I did one, uh, in like November 
have like 25 people that came to my office. I capped it at 25 uh, spots, but I had like 25 people there and dude, they get to sit with me for a whole day, see my operation. Like, dude, there's free shit you can go to if you just like are looking for it. Yeah. No, that's dope, man. Dylan, you've been a beast, bro. I appreciate you coming on. My last question for you is what is more important, who you know or what you know? Uh, gosh, I feel like, dude, uh, both are important. If I had to choose one, it would be, uh, what, you know, because I came to Vegas with no connections. I came to Vegas with no credit score. I came to Vegas with no income, uh, cause I had just had a massive failure and, uh, I just knew and, uh, committed to learning and I was able to build, you know, what I have now. It's awesome, brother. Appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, feel free. Uh, Where can can the viewers and listeners find you, man, and your guys' companies, services, businesses, Uh, etc.? Tinder.com for it. No, I'm just just joking. Uh, Just my my Instagram is usually the best. It's just my full name, Dylan Vaness, D-Y-L-A-N-V, as in Victor, A-N-A-S. And, uh, yeah, you can shoot me a message. You can hit me up, see my companies. It's all there. Awesome, guys. Definitely go check out Dylan. His companies and himself provides fire content if you're looking to take yourself, your business uh, to the next level. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Till next time. Peace.